BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Wednesday, August 9th, 2023, and today we are reviewing another attempt at trying to break the mold of animation, another licensed movie that is looking to capitalize on a family-friendly box office. That is the film Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Correct. Is this uh, the record for the most mutant words in the in a movie title? Has there ever been a two? movie with two mutants in the title? I not off the top of my head. I can't think of one. Yeah, I think this is a this is groundbreaking. This is a movie that I feel like has kind of flown under the radar a little bit in the grand scope of things. Obviously, we had Barbenheimer kind of dominate the box office and everything that's gone on there. Uh, this doesn't have the backing of you know Disney or anything like that, and. Like I said, kind of flew under the radar, and I, I didn't know what to expect on this. I know when I first pitched this weeks ago to you, you were like, I'm not going to go see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, but it had really good reviews, and you know, we decided to do this instead of doing Haunted Mansion, and I think uh, before jumping to the scale, I think that is going to bear out to be a good decision. I, I think I agree. <laughs> um, I really do. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I've never seen a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie before, so that's uh, this was... This was my first, and I'm excited to talk about it. 60% of the Let's time, get into it. it works every time. Don Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. I don't feel so good. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> When four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meet a human for the first time, they focus on being heroes and stopping a dangerous villain from taking over the world in order to get the world to accept them for who they are. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Yeah. You said the name of the movie yeah. right away. It's admittedly like the Avengers, you have to like, what are the Avengers? Their yeah. their group name is very descriptive. It is. They are They are A, Teenagers... B yep. mutants, mm-hmm. C ninjas, <laughs> yeah, and D turtles. 
That's very true. It's so. the most descriptive group name ever. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 91% audience score. People are loving this. Yeah, it's it's getting received very well. Um, it's getting the late summer vacation push. I know uh, here where we live, kids are going back to school this week, but we've always kind of been ahead of the rest of the country. It seems like it seems like most places they get out a little later in May and they go back to school like after Labor Day. I don't know why the high desert does it this way, but that's just how they do it. Um, so this is looking to capitalize on the you know the the end of the summer blockbuster phase. And uh, set up a franchise, baby, because that's all we're doing nowadays. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all they've ever tried to do. But it's just, you know, even more so now. Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, as always, um, this movie just solely sets up. It is is the classic first movie in a a series, in a franchise of an established brand where it's like, hey, let's do a mid-tier villain. And then we'll tease, you know, the big bad villain everyone knows at the end of the movie or in the post credit scene. And then that'll kick us off into number two, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, 100%. Um, but it's it's getting received well enough for them to make a second one. So Gavin asked us in the car, like, are they actually going to make a second one? And I was like, well, if it does well in the box office, yeah. Um, it's getting received well critically. The thing I said, oh, my goodness, to before we started the pod, Ty, that I said you would find out on the pod, is I went over to Box Office Mojo, and this film thus far, it opened last Wednesday technically, but over the weekend, this past weekend, um, it has done $61 million, which is an okay number. The budget was 70 million. So you're kind of looking at that and you're like, uh Oh, it might not be on track to do that. Well in the box office. Yeah. Only $9 million internationally. Are you serious? Yes. And then that was the thing I said, Oh my goodness about, and then I did some research. And for some reason, this movie is releasing later in like all the major international markets. Um, like significantly later. I mean, well, not significantly China it's releasing August 11th. So that's going to be a massive bump. Um, right off the bat, because that's always the biggest international. Um, Japan, it's releasing in September. South Korea, Australia, all releasing in September. Um, all of Latin America is, not all of Latin America, but Brazil, Mexico, releasing later. Um, so for some reason, they're staggering the release with this movie. So that, that international number is definitely going to get a late bump compared to what it traditionally would. Why are they doing that? I don't know. I could look at the Wikipedia and see uh, why they're doing it, but I can't tell you. I don't like that. I don't think I don't think we're better than the rest of the world. I think everyone deserves to enjoy this at the same time. Well, I will tell you that it was originally scheduled to release on August 11th, but was pushed a week forward to August 4th before being pushed forward again by two days. Hmm. So maybe it seems like some like China, it's August 11th. So that makes sense with that. I can't tell you tell you why. I don't know what's coming out next week. I don't know what's on our podcast schedule. I don't have it up right now, but I don't know. Okay. It released in the UK uh, July 31st. How about that? Oh, they got it even earlier than us? Mm-hmm. And those damn redcoats weren't giving us a heads up of how good this movie was going to be? <laughs> I guess not. I guess they're not very popular in the UK, Ty. Mm, that's a problem. British people don't like fun. I mean, no matter what, this movie will make a profit because $60 million really isn't that huge of a of a budget and I don't know what the marketing budget was on this film cuz it didn't seem like it was marketed very no. much. I think if they hit 100 million this is a success. <laughs> so that's going to be good enough to uh to make another one tie. But you mentioned that, you know, the UK didn't warn us about how good this movie was. As someone, you know, without giving away too much because of your scale, as someone who wasn't hyped to see this movie, just what was your your mindset going in? What's your mindset coming out? I I wasn't hyped when we first put it on the schedule. 
Since then, I saw everyone talking about how wonderful this film was. So I was very excited to go see it. And I, I, without giving away the scale, did not disappoint. Okay. It was a blast. It was, I, it's a freaking fun movie. I like that. And it also, you know, we're kind of carrying on the, the theme that the first Spider-Verse created. Maybe not created. I guess I guess this wave of animation movies where it's like, hey, we're going to animate this in a different style. And it's going to be fresh. It's going to be unique. And we're going to try to make a, a really good movie that's true to the source material but is enjoyable for the on the whole family and again it's kind of its own thing yeah. you know style wise we've seen all these different movies do it here recently that's not you know made by disney or pixar because they kind of just do their own thing their own style but um it's almost like this animation renaissance and i just wonder you know looking at how much this movie costs to make compared to a movie like i don't know what's a big Budget movie that bombed recently. TV show like Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion, two hundred million. The Flash, two hundred million. Like, yeah. How much is Blue Beetle? What's the budget on Blue Beetle? Because I'm preemptively calling that a bomb. Um, I would guess one hundred fifty million. If I had to guess, that sounds right. One hundred twenty. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, you can tell amazing stories and and not be you know, hand tied. Mm-hmm. by certain things on screen with animation and it's cheaper and it looks cool and technology's caught up. Yeah, for sure. I'm just like, are we going to see, we got the writer strike. We got the actor strike. Like, are we going to see a wave of animated movies? Like, is this just going to be what everyone makes nowadays? Which I don't know. Maybe it is. I mean, the top grossing movie of the year so far is animated. Yeah. So unless it gets passed by Barbie, which it, it could, but I don't know. It's starting to slow down a little bit, but who knows, man? Who knows? Now the VFX teams need to go on strike. I don't know if they have a union, but I'm sure they do. But. <laughs> we got to just get everybody in on this. <laughs> now, speaking of the animation here, are you aware of the director of this film? Um, Something Roe? Yeah. Are you aware of Jeff his Rowe? other work? I'm not, no. Enlighten me, Ty. He co-directed Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Makes a ton of sense to me, sir. This man gets animation. He also uh, voiced someone in Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Character name Man Who Loves Fun. That's a fun guy. <laughs> I love that. So he just loves to have fun. He also did um, Gravity Falls, he wrote on, <laughs> which I know is a kind of popular show, and Disenchantment, the Matt Groening show. Yeah. Uh, he he has two acting credits. One, Mitchell's versus the Machine. He's Man Who Loves to Have Fun. Mm-hmm. Two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. He plays Man Who Loves Being Young and Free to Go Places. <laughs> I love that. It's the official IMDb credit. I love that. This guy's just, I don't know if he's married, has kid, like, this guy rocks. Does he have, like, some, does he hate his life? Like, is he, like, (laughs) he's just like, man, I don't have fun. I just want to play someone who has fun. Man, I don't have my freedom of my 20s anymore. I just wish I had the freedom of my 20s. It's just, like, subtle hints that he doesn't want to be married anymore. (laughs) The next one's going to be, like, man whose hairline isn't, totally isn't receding or something like that. Man who didn't buy a sports car because he's in a midlife crisis. <laughs> um, look, I love his previous work, so this makes sense. Um, and some of the comedy in this was actually kind of similar to Mitchell's vs. the Machines, which makes a ton of sense now. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I'm surprised with how much you love that movie that you didn't catch on. Because like watching it, I knew there there was a there was a connection there, and you you get the vibe for sure. Yeah, before uh, it's also produced by Seth Rogen, which is. Yep. You know. Evan Goldberg, his partner. Nickelodeon Movies. I didn't realize that was the production company. We got into the movie a little bit late, so we didn't see all the... <laughs> we did not. All the production company things. Um, I feel like they've done all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. 
I, I've never seen. I've never seen him. I used to watch the cartoon as a kid, and I had like the game on PS2, but I never, I never saw the live action. Aren't you just so glad we're not doing the dumb? Besides, like Transformers, um, the dumb live action cartoons, but it's really VFX and it just looks really bad, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies from like a decade ago. Yeah, the Michael Bay ones. <sighs> Aren't you glad we're not doing that anymore? Yeah. Besides Transformers, they should just do an animated Transformers movie. Why not? I don't know. I think they're making too much money with their live action thing, and that they're gonna keep that rolling. But yeah. yeah, I'm I'm more than okay with animated for a lot of this stuff. It just works well, especially when you put in stuff for not just kids but adults. Like you can tell adult stories with animation. There's almost like a deeper think piece where I almost wish I was in a college film class again. Uh, that's brag. <laughs> it's, you can go back. You can try and get your master's. <laughs> that's expensive. I don't want student debt. Um, it's kind of gone full circle where we had this medium. You're seeing comic books now, even with Spider-Verse, um, where the medium was kind of animated, for lack of a better term. And then it went to lot. It's like, man, what if we took these stories off the page and brought them into real life? A lot of really good stuff. A lot of bad stuff, too. And now we're kind of seeing it come full circle where it's like, let's put it back on the page. Yeah. And then put it on the screen. Yeah. And maybe it's just an endless cycle. Maybe we'll get a bunch of animated movies, and then in 15 years, we'll get another live action. We'll get a live action into the Spider-Verse copying the end of the Spider-Verse. Well, Disney right now is in the live action phase. So they, yes, they are. they're in the live action phase. In about a decade, we're going to get the reanimated adaption of the live action Little Mermaid. Okay. What do they do with Lion King? Because in however many years, it's just going to look like the exact same movie because that movie was just animated. They'll find a way, Ty. That's going to hurt my brain. It'll be like 3D animated where it's not... It's not like realistic looking animals, but it's 3D animated. You know what I mean? Maybe like we'll a, be at a point where movies are just like you go to the theater and you put on a VR headset mm. and you're just with the lions that are animated, but not real, but are you real. just go to the zoo. Oh, It's just a live feed of the zoo. You're just chilling with the Mufasa. It's theater. We're just going to theater, but with animals. Power rank the Lion Kings. Lion King animated, Lion King live action, Lion King Broadway. Never seen Lion King Broadway. That goes to the very, very... Wait, future Broadway when, like I was saying, like when you just go to the zoo? No, current Broadway. Oh, ba- Wor- very bottom. World-renowned show, Ty. Has won a lot of awards. Very bottom. Could care less until I see it, then I may love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number two is animated. Number one is actually animated. Okay, you scared me for a sec yeah, here. No. It's not even close. First one's the best. Should we go to the Lion King musical together? I like a good musical. Los Angeles, California. That's very close to where we live. <laughs> we can make that work. Before we jump into our scale for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, I want to make a change, please. Um, may I do that? Previous change, we do this sometimes on the pod. Of course. Fire away. Looking, out, looking at some uh, old scores, uh, comparing to this movie. And I came across a score that I was not happy with. It was the score for Turning Red. I gave visuals, cinematography, a 19. And oh I would like to God. go back and rescind that to a 16. Um, animation is probably like a 14, 15, but it had a really good soundtrack, so I'll give it a 16, which brings my real now updated Turning Red score to 77 out of 100. Okay. I gave it an 18. I Maybe I'm not remembering it. Maybe that soundtrack was really good. I think that's before we took a stand against animation. Yeah. where you can't it's like just look good. Everyone looks good now. More, Yeah, more so like a stand against Pixar, but yeah. yeah. But you're not going to get credit just for your technology anymore. You're going to get credit for being unique and fresh. Creativity. Mm -hmm. I allowed that change. Thank you. That's a good change. Did you properly update it on our our sheet? 
working on it now. What so, is your new? What is your new? Seventy-seven out of one hundred. That's an easy number to remember. I got it. I'm already here. Boom. That brings turning red down to a seventy-nine. Okay. Sixty-seven. It's no. It dropped down a couple of places. Bullet Train is now a better ranked movie than Turning Red. Fair. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the scale tie. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Plot slash story, baby. Yeah. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's uh, it's mutant mayhem. <laughs> it's an origin story. They're trying to uh, become accepted by the real world. You got Master Shifu. Doesn't like the real world. No, he does not. Is he- that his name, Shifu? Master Shifu, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, they're they're they find a, a, a journalist, which I respect as a journalist. No, Master Shifu's Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Splinter. <laughs> Is that the is that the turtle? No, no he's a like raccoon. Yeah, red panda. He's a red panda. Oh, little red panda. Um, <laughs> that's wonderful. I would have if you wouldn't have double checked that. I would have been saying that the rest of this movie. They don't ever really say his fucking name. So is he Master Splinter or just Splinter? I think he's just Splinter. He is just Splinter. Yeah. Who wins in a fight, Splinter or Master Shifu? I'm gonna be honest. Master Shifu's kicking the fuck out of Splinter. <laughs> Anyways. Splinter doesn't want them to be in the real world. He hates humans. Turtles want to be with the humans. They meet a journalist, devise his plan, stop this guy, stop this other mutant. They don't know it's a mutant at the time. They're going to become popular. Obviously, they meet him. It's a mutant. That mutant kind of has a similar uh, view on the world as Splinter. Hates humans. Yeah. Wants to be accepted. Yeah. But as uh, he says later to Splinter, he ain't a punk about it. He's 100%. willing to do something about it. Correct. I think that's the exact phrase Ice Cube used. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, trying to destroy the world. Obviously, the turtles, they like humans now, and they save the place. And this movie, the way at the end when, like, they defeated um, they defeated the fly, Superfly, so, so easily, I was kind of like, that's it? I was like, oh, my God. Are they really just going to defeat him that easy? And then he turns into this giant Godzilla-looking oh, yeah. monster, and then they have the whole fight scene and everything. Look, kind of... I I feel, I was going to say kind of run of the mill. I feel like every movie kind of follows the same pacing and frameworks, your ups and your downs and everything where there was only like 16 stories or however, it's a very small number. I'm sure of it. Oppenheimer, 17 story. How about that? Wow. Yeah. You're willing to say that? I'm, I've still been thinking about that movie. It's a wonderful film. (laughs) Um, I've never standed by 98 more in my life. Now, I don't know if you saw my tweet about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. I've been starting to tweet out my opinions on every film we watch just on Twitter, just because I don't know. Why not? A line I said. Let me see. Oh, Tells wait. a story. There's only seven types of stories. With oh, wait. 36 plots. Tells a story with surprising substance and a lot of heart, Ty. Yes. I think the whole, the parallels it drew between Splinter and Superfly, I thought there was some depth there. The whole depth of kind of society and almost societal norms, if you want to look at it that way and trying to become accepted and, Mm -hmm. you know. Even if you are a turtle. (laughs) Yes. Um, I don't want to say it's like full Pixar messaging more so than just a grander scheme of things. You have Splinter's character arc of realizing like, hey, me and Superfly, we're not very different. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to change the way I operate. Do I want to be like this guy? And I just thought it, it had... And, and the heart in it, you know, the heart with the, the Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, excuse me. Correct. And kind of their brotherhood and the brotherhood of accepting these outcasts, these other mutants, and almost teaching them to lo- learn to love themselves and teaching yeah. the world to love them. Yeah. 
And yeah, they kind of have to save the day to do it, which is kind of shitty. You wish they would just accept them just because. But hey, they get accepted at the end of the day. And I'll be honest, when they were chanting their names at the end, I was tearing up. As ridiculous oh. as that sounds. I love that. I gave us a 14 out of 20. I was surprised with the depth of this story. I thought it was going to be a thin kids, technically comic book movie because these were comic books. Yeah, it is a comic book movie. Also, someone bookmarked my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tweet, which is kind of a weird thing to do. You can't see who does that? No. It's probably just a bot. Is it, though? But, like, are they trying to old take expose me about something? I hope Armin White references it in one of his uh, upcoming reviews of this movie. <laughs> just shits on you. Liberal schmuck, Jason yep. Reed, thanks, yep. blah, blah, blah. I'd love that, actually. That'd be wonderful. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Jay. Thank you. I think you hit the nail on the head on that saying that I always mess up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's like you said, there's a lot and a lot of heart in this film. And it's wanting to be accepted and then saying, fuck it. You know, who cares if we're accepted? We need to do the right thing, which then in turn gets them accepted. Yeah, they got accepted by the wrong, quote unquote, the wrong group. Group they didn't want to, you know, they were accepted by the mutants. Yeah. The evil mutants. And then they changed course. Yeah, but still, like, they, they were accepted by them, and then it was like, you know, April, go away, like, we're not going to do this, we, we shouldn't do this, and then it was like, we just have to save the day, whatever happens, happens. That's mm-hmm. what, in turn, gets them accepted. Mm-hmm. Love, the, love the parallels between uh, Shifu and, uh, <laughs> and Superfly. Splinter. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Splinter and Sorry. Superfly. Um, I don't know. It just works for me. It's very emotional. You feel that family dynamic. And I think the story that they tell in an hour and a half is Mm -hmm. very, very, very well done. It's hard to tell like a heartwarming story like that quickly. Yeah. And it, it works so well in this movie. The plot just keeps going and going and going. Like it's, it's a full hour 30 of movie and there's no downtime. It's not like, Hey, we got an hour worth of content. Let's make a movie. And they stretched it out. Mm Mm-hmm. It was fucking great. I really enjoyed it. I'm a couple points higher than you. I'm at a 16. Wow. I, I thought it was very, like, just a perfect family movie. Yeah, and they were they did the masterfully, I might add. Maybe not masterfully. That might be a bit Exceptionally. Extreme. They exceptionally set up the second movie during the movie with that little side when they started getting milked. They did get milked, yeah. Um, that more so set up because that character didn't really have anything to do with this story. You could have told this whole story without like that moment. You know what I mean? You're that. talking about the Maya Rudolph character? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like she didn't, that didn't impact this story at all. No, not one bit, but they did it in a way where it set up the future ones. It established this character, but it also still meant something to this story because that was kind of when Splinter had to come save the day, show you a badass, And then, you know show that April was still going to help them and all this stuff, you know? So, yeah, I thought they did that very well. I agree. Cause um, when they introduced her in the beginning, I was like, Oh no, are we going to get like a triple storyline here? Or like interwoven mess? Wasn't really that at all. It, she kind of tied into the, I think once the sequel comes out, it does a very good job of Superfly's storyline works with that character in terms of that to where that character will also just continue on to the second movie. It didn't feel forced or, or shoehorned in at all. Like, it worked in this movie, and it will just yep. continue to work in the next movie. And Superfly's going to be back, baby. Did you see him in the end? He was in that little fly thing. He was he was just a fly. Yeah, but they're going to... she going to turn him back to a mutant baby? Counterpoint, flies only live like seven days. <laughs> <laughs> but not Superfly. He's just a fly. But he's got Superfly's fight. He's not a punk. Yeah, he's just a... He's just a, a fly, but he's not a punk. He's not a punk-ass fly. It doesn't matter. He's going to die. 
You know how many times Ice Cube probably said punk ass bitch or punk bitch or yeah, something like that while like, reading these lines? Calm it down, Mr. Cube. It was probably oh my gosh, what movie was it was um Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Okay. We watched the behind the scenes and um the voice actor for Pinocchio or someone like wasn't delivering the lines how they wanted or something. So Guillermo del Toro told him to like say something at the end of it. Maybe it was an expletive or something and they just cut it. They had to do that with Ice Cube every time he said punk. Yeah. They're like, Cube, because you call him Cube. No, yeah. You can say punk bitch, punk ass. We'll cut it. Because Cube can't just say punk. Mm-mm. He'll just kind of like freeze. You, you would be able to hear the inauthentic, like the inauthenticity of it. Exactly. Yeah. It would feel forced and awful, but this, this character worked. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like Ice Cube was this character. He embodied this role very well. I feel pretty stupid because throughout the whole movie, I was like, who is that? I know that voice and I can't <laughs> tell who it was. And it was pissing me off. And then I looked it up afterwards. I was like, oh, I'm so stupid. So identifiable. I know. I know. Very dumb of me. It's not even like it was like someone's voice, but like not a character he would play. No, like, it was Ice ju- Cube. It's just Ice Cube the <laughs> entire time. It was. Key elements, Ty. So this is where I would like to get in a debate with Riley's Uncle Ricky. Okay. He's uh, not happy about this film because he's an 80s kid. He he hate, He hasn't seen it yet, but he hates whenever they take something from his childhood and they remake it. Mm-hmm. And I know the scene of them singing BTS um, – was available before the movie. It was like in some of the promotional material. And I don't know if Riley said he saw that and got outraged or she knows if he saw that he'd get outraged, but I know he would get outraged either way. You're just preemptively, even if he hasn't yet, you're preparing this argument. Mm -hmm. Okay. He told me that he wasn't happy about the movie. Counterpoint. The whole point of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is they're supposed to make pop culture stuff and they're supposed to like be relevant and all this stuff. They're teenagers. Yeah, exactly. It's in the name. Like, yeah, BTS might not be funny to Ricky, but this is what it was. And it was funny to Ricky in the 80s and 90s when they were making 80s and 90s jokes during the TV. He was like, oh, my God, my pager's going off or something. (laughs) So I think Ricky just wants them to make 80s jokes. And maybe, here's a great idea. Again, maybe we should take advantage of this writer strike. We should get with the the studio execs at Nickelodeon and be like, hey, for the second one, make an 80s kids version on streaming DVD. Change the lines a little bit where it's all just 80s references. And then the the 80s guys are happy about it. So – I don't hate that because like into the spider verse is releasing on digital and you saw that they have like, or across the spider verse, I Mm -hmm. should say all the different like versions of it. And they have like a final one, but there was different ones Mm -hmm. in theaters. Yeah. You just do that. And Mm -hmm. it's the exact same story, but different jokes. Yeah. You have the eighties version, nineties version, two thousands. I think you can skip the tens because it's probably very similar to today's, (laughs) but you just have like five different movies. And like, before you hit play, it asks how old you are. (laughs) And you enter that in, and then it just auto plays whichever one you're going to enjoy most. And guess what? People are going to rewatch it. They're going to watch the '80s version and be like, "Let me see what '90s jokes they yeah. have in here." Yeah, I great idea. It's a wonderful idea. I don't know how much money it would take. <laughs> just a few extra lines. Yeah. Throw these actors a few thousand. I don't know. Yeah. Back to key elements. This was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Um, it jumps off the page. The personality in this jumps off the screen. I should say, um, true to the subject material in that regard. Is it the best animated movie I've ever seen? No. Is it the funniest I've ever seen or most heartfelt, even though I said it had a lot of heart? No. So I feel like those prongs of it are keeping it from being a 20. Again, Key Elements is always the easiest thing to get a big score on. But it, it definitely was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and I don't think it was like the – even though I didn't see them. I'm assuming the live-action ones 10, 15 years ago were probably like, this doesn't feel like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. This feels like a whatever. So I give it an 18 out of 20, tie. That's a very high score. It is. It was fucking hilarious. We laughed throughout this movie. It had multiple, like, genuine, hearty, laugh-out-loud moments. Some adult jokes. 
100%. John Cena's character, who I didn't even realize had adult joke. I knew he was or, in this. I couldn't yeah. fucking figure it out, though. He had an adult jo- adult joke. I don't remember what exactly it was. Oh, it's going to piss It was like off. a boner joke or something, but... Roused. Yeah. Because I am very roused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's genuinely funny. Like, great jokes. The... the Comedic timing and everything, it works fantastically in this. Mm-hmm. Also a little emotional. Mm-hmm. Also get you a little bit. I nearly you cried four cried. times. Four times? I didn't know there was four times mm-hmm. that you almost cried. A few times. It just works so well, and and I'm I'm even higher. I'm at a 19 out of 20. It's This is a very, very, very fun movie that I think, A, kids and teenagers are going to enjoy, but B, like, I, as a dad now, Jay, Mm-hmm. I can't wait till Xander's old enough to understand this movie and watch it with him. I was going to ask you about that very point. You just made it, so thank you. I can't fuck. I was thinking it during the movie. Like he's going to like this movie so fucking much, and I can't wait to rewatch it again <laughs> when he loves this movie so much. <laughs> by then, you'll forget about it. You'll forget about the jokes yeah. and stuff. And I'll come back and 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 hold on. I'm going to get this character's name right here. Give me Ray one Filet? second. Ray Filet singing's going <laughs> to fucking get me again. I never forget Ray Filet's name. I don't know if that's who you were talking about. It's exactly who I was talking about. Ray Filet singing his name was literally making me laugh during the movie about five, ten minutes later. <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> First, I was laughing. I, it was kind of, I don't know if you heard that I like laughed before everyone else during that point. Because he just said his name was Ray Filet, and that made me laugh because he was a fucking, a, a stingray. Yeah. And like, I don't know, that's just a fucking hilarious name. So I was already laughing. And then he started to sing Ray Filet or whatever he was singing. <laughs> and you and I were crying of laughter. Yeah. It was wonderful. Like, genuinely, like, couldn't catch my breath. I was laughing so hard. And I kind of, you know, for uh, glass half empty kind of guys, I was kind of bummed out. It made me laugh so hard because I think there was other funny introductions. That whole scene was probably the best scene in the movie for me, the whole introducing all the mutants. Yeah. I think there was more funny jokes after that, and I was too busy laughing at Ray Filet. I didn't pick up on him. Like, I know one of them, they were like, he did something there making fun of the guy. He was like, don't patronize me or whatever he said. Like, Didn't catch that one bit. Yeah. So, fully missed rewatch. That. It's going to be great. It will be. Um, yeah, that and, and Paul Rudd's Mondo Gecko. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hilarious character. <laughs> Just making me laugh throughout the whole fucking movie. His, his interaction with, I don't know any of the turtles names, but the Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael. Which one's the orange one? I don't know if there's a Donatello. Michelangelo. That doesn't sound right. Donatello. Yeah, there is a Donatello. Michelangelo, Raphael, and, um... Don't fucking tell me. It's the main one. It's the one. easiest one to remember. It's the only one that I like. They made fun of his name. About. Yeah. Just tell I Leonardo. Leonardo. There you go. Nice. All I like that you cut out the part where I reminded you and you pretended. Oh, that you shut got it up. Right. Shut up. All <laughs> Renaissance painters. I'm sure you, that's like a fact everyone knows, but fun fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very fun fact. <laughs> Let's just jump straight into characters. I'm moving the scale around since we were already talking about Ray Filet and all these guys. Um you love an ensemble cast. I, I sure do. And this is an ensemble animated cast. I'm known for maybe not giving enough credit for animated casts. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give me your score first, your thoughts, and then I'll come up over the top with my 4 out of 20. Now, ouch. Obviously kidding. I will say I, I love an ensemble cast. You do? I, I give credit to voice actors. You do? Notably hate child actors. Yes. There's four main true. child actors in this movie. Very true. Um, I I, uh, I heard before, like watching the movie, that 
like typically when voice actors like do their lines and stuff, it'll be like one guy in a booth. Mm-hmm. They did this in like a group setting for a lot of these scenes. So it was all the actors there together and they could feed off of each other and, and all that. It really did lead to some good performances in this movie. I yeah. I genuinely enjoyed all of the kid actors. They were fucking great. Their comedic timing was fantastic. Ice Cube was a wonderful villain because it was just Ice Cube. <laughs> um, all of the side characters, Ray Filet, Mondo Gecko, fucking... I don't know the other one's names, but they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm at a 15 out of 20. I really enjoy... I love me an ensemble cast. There's multiple different combinations of characters that interact in this movie, and it works so well. And everyone's feeding off of each other, and it leads to that the high-key element score of comedy because they're all giving good comedic performances through voice acting. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the chemistry of these four turtles these four voice actors like it jumps off the screen you get four actors you do this separately this movie's made in covid it's not done as well you get four actors that aren't bouncing off each other and have the chemistry it's not done as well um i thought the the four turtles were exactly what they should have been and what you know i i think if we wanted to nitpick Raphael could have been a little bit more of a hothead um i just remember like in the cartoons on nickelodeon when maybe the pg standard was a little bit lower and this could have just been me being a kid and, you know, inflating it in my head. But I remember him being a little, like, more ruthless, you know. Well, here's the deal, Jay. I want, like, roid rage. He's a he's a young teenage. Michael, That's true. Michelangelo? Raphael. Right? Raphael. He's the mad one. The red one. He's a young Raphael. Maybe in the next one he goes on a little, got to protect my brothers. I'm going to slice someone. Fair enough. Um I know some like another thing Ricky was upset about was all the turtles looking different because they're all supposed to look the same. That's the whole point. Like they just did that before because they didn't want to animate four different turtles, and yeah. they, so much easier to use one character model and change one single thing of color. And they could just sell one toy and then have different headbands or multiple toys if they wanted. But I think it's pretty cool to have them look different. Yes, there's also ancillary reasons why they're doing this for the ancillary revenue of the toys and the shirts and everything, but. I still think it was pretty cool that they did this. No, yeah, I'm fine with it. I I liked it. They felt like their characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, yeah, the animation style was in line, yeah, with their personality types, which yeah. I think was a good use of it. And even like when they had their outfits, like at the end when they go to high school, like they kind of matched their personality type. 100%. Let me tell you, Leonardo. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I feel I, I I was like I want to dress like Leonardo. He looked fucking good. Did yeah. you see it? He had like his polo shirt tucked in and like I know he looked like a nerd, but I was like, damn. No, he didn't look like a nerd. He looked like a uh, like a guy who freelances for a local paper and goes and covers high school football games. No, like the sports director or whatever at a high school, like the tucked in polo but an athletic polo. Mr. Lugo. Yeah, kinda, <laughs> but along that same lines. I'm thinking more broad, but he definitely fits the bill. Well, I liked it. Yeah. He yeah, like an AD. He dressed like an athletic director. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, uh, tucked in, buttoned up, but still professional. But you could tell he was in shape. <laughs> you could tell he works out. <laughs> um, look, I had a fourteen out of twenty because I agreed with you. I loved Ice Cube. I thought Mondo Mondo Gecko was a hilarious side character. Excited to see more of him. Um, Splinter had like I said, surprising depth, and that scene where he was sad. Because his teenagers left him, and he was just trying to throw him a party, made me really sad. That was one of my almost cried moments. That did that did hurt um, the heartstrings. And I thought his arc was great, and the depth in the character was great. So I was at a fourteen out of twenty, and then I did a bonus plus one for for uh, Ray Fillet tie. I just yeah. there's very few characters that come along, in, in in a movie that I love, and it's always the comedic side characters. It's always Korg. Yeah, it's Spider Ham who's returning for the next Spider-Verse, which got pushed back indefinitely, which is very sad. That was very foreseen, though, because all like the animators said that like there's no fucking chance this movie comes out on time, even before the strike. Well, Sony pushed everything back. Craven the Hunter, like everything got pushed back. There's a few side characters that I just love, and Ray Filet is in... Once Ray Filet has a Funko Pop, if he has one, I'm buying one to add to my collection of three Funko Pops. I love that. It's an iconic. What are your other two? Two Korgs <laughs> and Ray and Filet. A- well, right now, two oh, Korgs okay. and a Spider-Ham. They're actually right over there. The those two are Korgs three, are in front. Those are three wonderful side characters. It's it's tough because before we watch a movie, we'll never like know to prep. Mm-hmm. We got to do a side character draft one of these days, though. Yeah. Next movie that just has a wonderful comedic side character. Because there's a lot of good ones that we enjoy. Yeah, if you're comedic relief and you're batting a thousand because your screen time's not huge, but, you know, I'm going to love you. It adds a lot of value to a team. Puss in Boots probably had a comedic side character. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yes. It's a wonderful comedic side character. He was a little bit more in the spotlight, but yes, I agree. Yeah. But sure. I, So I gave it a 15 with that bonus point for, for Mr. Ray Filet. Mr. Austin Post, Post Malone. Wonderful performance. Um, I hope he got paid the most out of anyone on the cast for that. He definitely didn't. Ice Cube, <laughs> Ice Cube definitely took home the picture. You think so? I mean, he's I the main character. John Cena? I mean, Seth Rogen probably made the most, but that wasn't from acting because he's producer. Actually, push back a little bit. Who makes more, Jackie Chan or Ice Cube? That's You can make a case mm. for, for Jackie Chan. Yeah, Jackie Chan's such a big name. But I don't know. I feel like Jackie Chan's kind of like love of the game. Oh. I get to be a karate instructor, wise mentor. Learned karate through uh, take-home VCR, DVD. Yeah. Things. That got a big cackle out of you. I heard you laugh. I was fucking dying. That was so funny. You don't think Paul Rudd got the biggest paycheck? <laughs> no. Again, that feels like a love of the game. 
<laughs> Ice Cube, I don't know if it feels like a love of the game for Ice Cube. I feel like that's a little bit more of a paycheck. I'd like to do a dream cast, or not a dream casting, but I always do the, like, this is who they wanted to cast, but they didn't cast him. But this is a future version of that, which this is who they should cast. There's this character, I believe his name is Casey Jones. Um, he's like a skater. I think he's like their friend or something. I don't know. He might be Isn't an enemy. like uh, April's sidekick or something? Like kind of goes hand in hand with her? Not 100% sure. I'll be honest. What I do know is... Um, nope. Not thinking of the right person. What I do know is CM Punk has always been uh, very adamant about wanting to play Casey Jones at one point in his life. So I am going to pound the table for John Cena and, K- and CM Punk to be in a movie together. Um, you know, Cena, just help out your brother. And um, let's get, you know, CM Punk to... Chris Evans played Casey Jones, apparently. Really? Yeah. And I'm guessing the Michael Bay ones. Yeah, 2007 film. Wow. He's a guy with a hockey mask. He's like a skateboarder or something. That's not Chris Evans. Yeah, I don't think that is. Stephen Amell? Every actor who played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Casey. Movies and TVs. That was a classic... uh... Josh Peck. The guy who dropped the bomb himself. <laughs> no, it it was. It, Chris, 2007, Chris yeah. Evans. No, yeah. Josh Peck played it in a series. Got it. Stephen Amell, who... April's boyfriend and a friend of the is Turtles. As a, a, a scap... What do they call it when someone crosses a picket line? Well, how did he cross the picket line? He said he didn't agree with striking. Hats off to him. How about that? I don't know if that's a good take, Jay. Don't know if that's a good take. I don't think we should uh, be expecting everyone to have the exact same opinion about things i think that's hurtful in the grand just the grand scheme of life i think when you're part of a group you got to stand strong with your brothers Mm. Mm. so if we were at the angels baseball game this last weekend and you know your four friends just started beating up a a random guy you would have just stood true and joined in on the fun i think when it's you're the victim and not the assaultant you got to stand strong with your brothers and sisters are they really the victim actors? Uh, the low-wage ones, maybe. Mm. Darn. You only get paid 70 k to pretend to be someone Jay. in a recording. Wow. Uh, most actors make only like 20000 a year. I don't believe that bullshit. I don't know. That's what the article said. Sorry. Am I anti-union? Yeah. Not a great look for you. You're never going to make it in the industry. You're going to like get hired, and then be like, eh, some things came out. <laughs> I support unions and I support their ability to strike and I hope they come to an agreement. There we go. But just like with the baseball players, never a good look millionaires arguing with billionaires. Visual cinematography tie. And I'm just a movie fan, okay? Sorry I'm a little selfish with this. I'll be honest. You just don't care how they're treated. You just want the product. (laughs) Got it. This has a very unique animation style. I don't know what it was going for. It's almost like they were like, we can't really go full comic book because then it just looks like we're Spider-Verse copycat, but we're going to try to be true to that a little bit. Like, how would you describe what this animation style was? I don't know. It's like the 3D version of 2D. Okay. It looks like hand-drawn, but like computer animated hand-drawn. Almost like unfinished a little bit. I 100% agree with that. I love how the first thing when I look up TMNT Mutant Mayhem animation style, it's a quote from the director saying that the animators weren't overworked. <laughs> so that's always that's always good. That's wonderful that that's what they have to uh, 
clarify. Yeah, they just got to jump out ahead of that real early on. Yeah, I look, man. It's it's very unique, almost stop motion like appearance. It is a little stop motiony. Like it looks like the turtles are made out of clay a little bit. Like at some scenes, that's why it feels. Yeah, but then I don't know. Like certain characters feel hand drawn to where it almost feels like a flip book. Like they hand drew drew everything. Flip book, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's definitely unique. One hundred percent, very unique. Dark, a little dark. I don't know if that was a civic thing. Not like dark where you couldn't see it, but like. Again, we talked about that movie color thing a few weeks ago, the poster. This poster would be very just dark hues and dark shades. Dark green. Yeah. Which goes with the, the turtles, so I can't hate on it. Yeah. 100%. Um, I don't know. While it, it's very unique and it does look good, and I think they do very like really cool action sequences mm-hmm. throughout with that animation style. I like the, um not the collage, the time lapse almost when they're fighting... They're trying to find out information. They're fighting like the four different bad guys. And yeah. It's like the 360 shot. And it's like every like time it gets to a different turtle when it's going around in that circle. It's like a different backdrop. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're like overlaid and stuff. They do the one where like he's running left to right, but all the background and everything keeps changing. And yeah. it's fighting. Like it looks really cool. I don't love some of the side character character design. And okay. it, it does look unfinished at points. Mm-hmm. Very specifically, Maya Rudolph's character looks like dog shit. Her face is so fucking bad. Her face is... She has, like, no chin. <laughs> it's, I like, all neck. <laughs> and, like, I get, like, they were trying to do something stylistically, but it does not look good. Mm-hmm. Good thing she wasn't in the movie that much. I'm concerned about the next one. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> um, Outside of that, like, I, I do think a lot of this does look good. Um, I just think Superfly looked both normal Superfly and Godzilla Superfly. Good. I thought he looked good. I like Godzilla Superfly. Yeah, I, I'm out of the... What did I put it at? 17 out of 20. I think it's very artistic, very stylistic. Felt slightly unfinished, though. I think they pushed the envelope a little too much trying to look unique. And it made that or it genuinely, you know, they didn't overwork their actors, so it was a little unfinished. Not their actors, their artists. I don't think it was unfinished. Like, literally, like shit we didn't finish this let's just throw it out there yeah and i think we kind of agree because i gave this literally agree i gave this a 17 out of 20 and i thought you were going to push me back on this but same score it was unique i commend it for being unique that's why it's getting the fourth highest score you can get i don't know if it was for me fully like i respect it it resulted in some really cool scenes like you said there were some really cool moments that i really loved the overall style, like, I remember going into Spider-Verse being a little bit worried, like, how I would follow along with it. And I ended up not having that problem, but I was, like, worried I'd have a headache and stuff. I wouldn't say I had a headache with this, but I, I did feel a little, like, maybe it was the giant screen, too. Who knows? Part of the giant screen was on the wall at Civic Plaza, as it always is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It just wasn't fully for me. I think some of like the mouths didn't line up exactly with what they're saying. And again, this is just nitpicking why it's not a twenty. So, because it was unique and it was fresh, and someone who likes this animation style might be more, I don't know, inclined to give it like a twenty, nineteen, whatever. But seventeen out of twenty, still very good score. And I still give something like this a bit more credit than something like Turning Red, which has a pretty good soundtrack, but. I don't know. Maybe I need to go rewatch it, but it's kind of just like Pixar now. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. And it, again, it 
like looking at screenshots of these characters and the different designs, it's almost like a 3D animated version of a sketchbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's very messy and stray lines, which is intentional, but also like, I don't know. For me, like it's it's artistic and it has a vision and it's doing something. It's not into the Spider-Verse. No, 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 no. Which is, it's, you know, a solid three points ahead of this, in my opinion. Yeah. So, it, don't get me wrong, it still looks cool. I like it. It's unique. Shout out to them for trying something different. Yeah, absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Enjoyment, fun movie, very rewatchable, very funny, has a lot of heart, didn't make me cry, almost made me cry. And it was just the kind of movie I feel like is really hard to dislike. The only person who dislikes this is probably Ricky Martinez. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> catching strays. I gave this a 17 out of 20, tie. Yeah, I mean, this is the exact type of movie that gets these really high Rotten Tomato scores. Yep. Because just everyone's going to say, yes. Is this a fun, good watch movie? Yes. Um, John Wenzel of Denver Post gave it a rotten says, simply being better than past failures does not make something good. Leave the other stuff out of it, bro. Him and his significant other got in a fight before the movie, or he just hates having fun. Yeah. Maya Phillips of New York Times put, there's little complexity to the characters and no surprise to the plot. I don't know. I think uh, Splinter's switchover, like, that was kind of surprising. See, these are critics who, I'm not saying that animated movies should be easier to get freshes, but it is a sliding scale. Like, if I go into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles expecting fucking Oppenheimer, of course I'm going to be disappointed. Imagine Christopher Nolan doing an animated movie. There's an idea. I don't even know what that would be. I don't either. It would literally be, like, photos of a sketchbook because he doesn't do CG, so. Well, it would be be the video of someone hand. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you would have the hand on screen drawing the scenes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, like, going into these movies, like, what do you expect? Like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes you get, like, these snobby film critics that are like, well, it's not a Martin Scorsese film. It doesn't have the depth of Citizen Kane. Like, dude, yeah. it's fun. Movies are supposed to be fun. Sometimes they're fun because they're fucking masterpieces like Oppenheimer. Yeah. And sometimes they're fun because they're just fun. They're Let good it be time. fun. Don't got to be sad all the time. Yeah. Mr. Checking, checking. Daniel M. Kimmel. Is he just upset that the fate of the the small town in rural Indiana wasn't at the stake mm-hmm. this time? Yeah. Yeah. Figured. See this one. The problem is that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been reduced to dull shadows of their former selves. They're just not 80 kids anymore. Yeah. You're old. Who is it? Odie? Yeah, you have the fuck... His name's Odie. <laughs> He's got to be at least 40-something. Yeah, I don't... I don't get how you can give this a rotten, but I don't get how a lot of people give a lot of different movies rottens, Ty. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. And it's almost like you just want to be different. Yeah. So. Stand out in the crowd, everybody. Look at me. I didn't like this kid's movie. <laughs> Family movie. Family movie. Correct. There's a big difference. There is. This is, you're right. This is a family. This is, yeah, this is a family movie. Everybody can enjoy this. Yeah. I'm also, you said 17? Yeah. I'm also at a 17. Had a fucking blast. Very good time. Cannot wait to rewatch this later with Xander. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a fun movie. It's a good time. If you're you're an adult, it's a fun date night. 
mm-hmm. not? Go watch a fun movie, laugh together. Yeah. If you're a family, it's a fun kids out night because it's a short movie. You're going to enjoy it. Kids are going to enjoy it. It's going to keep their interest. Go watch it. In and out, baby. If you're Armin White, stay home. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Great advice. What's your final score, Jay? My final score previously would be above the line, but we ch- we bumped that up a little bit. 81 out of 100, making it within the lines. It would get a fresh score. And as Tyler already said, go see this film. You don't have to drop everything to go see it. That's above the line. If you want to wait till it's on streaming, okay. But you better watch it when it's on streaming. This isn't, for me, this isn't like a big screen, go watch it on big screen. This is a, watch it with a group. Yeah. People behind us were fucking cracking up at scenes that we weren't even laughing at. It heightened my experience. I was ready to laugh at the next joke because the pu- they were the laughing. The puke scene? Yes, they, they fucking lost it at that. <laughs> they were. I was laughing at them laughing. Yeah. It was <laughs> very enjoyable. Makes it more, yeah. Makes it better, for sure. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. What was your score? 81 out of 100, Ty. Which, what's our above the line now? 85 or higher. I also did not hit an 85, but it's right there. It's an 84 for me. Giving us a combined score of 82.5 out of 100, making it the 55th ranked film out of 193 films we have reviewed. It is with the likes of... Sorry, I just saw how you spelled mayhem. I was typing fast what I do. Yeah, that's not right. I swapped the vowels. <laughs> is that, is that what In your defense. Mayhem? No, oh, that should be. You pronounce it mayhem. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. I think that's just like American California. We say mayhem. I don't know. Yeah. That's on me. Like how we say Hyundai wrong, apparently. It has the exact same score as Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Okay. And that feels right. And we flipped We flipped our scores. I did like Puss in Boots a little bit more. Um, I think I like Mutant Mayhem a little bit more fine with it perfect that's a great comp i'm not gonna say anything else great comp also the exact same score as avatar the way of water which is just kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> and somehow eternals yeah love that movie good movie that was an imax pump have you ever seen a movie on imax not giving it a good score no not yet here's a challenge go see a bad movie in imax i'll tell you what jay if the marvels if something happens and dune doesn't come out and the marvels is going to imax <laughs> You think that you're? I'll you think it. that's gonna be bad? Yeah, I don't think it'll be great. Hmm. So you didn't like Black Widow? You didn't mm. like Captain Marvel? Yeah, they're not doing justice to the women characters. I want to see them shine better. They need to give good stories. Look, I know you say Black Widow shit, but I still think that opening like 15 minutes is one of the strongest openings in the MCU. There's 100. percent The ending is like the weakest ending in the MCU. That was also my first IMAX movie, so I am. Oh, yeah, IMAX bump. Uh, 100% have you ever given a bad bump. score? 100% IMAX bump. I've been on the record saying that. I gave visuals in that movie a pretty damn good score. Which is hilarious upon reflection because that is dog shit CGI. <laughs> it's just the worst. I'm at, I'm on a sound stage in front of a green screen yeah. multiple times. Well, it also got – it had two things working for it. Same two things uh, Oppenheimer had working for it. IMAX and Florence Pugh. Yeah. So That's two strong things to add to any movie. Random AI-generated synopsis tie. Do you know what we're watching next week? You don't have to say yet. I just want to make sure you're ready. Um, Schedule. Well, there you go. I'm putting it on you. That way you're ready by the time loading. we get there. This is a character that was compared to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in this movie. This is a character that has a special place in your heart. Great references in this movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like Marvel, DC, mm-hmm. pop culture. 
Although I didn't like how they were they were swooning over Professor Hulk. Yeah, but that might be you are a little older than some teenagers. I think they may love <laughs> Professor Hulk there. So shut up. Um, <laughs> this is Shrek. Okay. Reading the synopsis for obviously I'm not going to tell you. I gotta get what does that voice. have to do with next week? Doesn't have to do with next week. This is, I said in this movie they the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were called Shrek. Why did you say? How I did just you- wanted you ready. Just so by the time we were done with this, you could tell the audience. Because I didn't I don't know what we're reviewing next week. I genuinely don't. Oh, okay. So I wanted to make sure you knew. I'm ready. Donkey. Alright. Well. <laughs> I, the only word I can say is donkey. This this bit wouldn't be great <laughs> if you were good at accents. Like if it just sounded like Shrek was reading this, it'd be very boring. Wow. So you think this is boring? No, 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 but <laughs> you know. Donkey. Well, hold on to your onions. Cause movie name it's a tale that'll have you rolling like a tumbleweed in a windstorm it's about a guy who's handy with a paddle i got a donkey i gotta do like a donkey every 15 words so i get back into it <laughs> just a lock back donkey in. it's about a guy who's handy with a paddle if you catch my drift <laughs> i don't know where I'm you going. just bail out from it so quickly donkey and he's got a mission straight out of a fairy tale <laughs> what is that now i'm sorry what is Shrek? Scottish? Yes. Top of the morning to you. Scottish. Sco- Scottish. He's got to dive into the world of Redacted, where the competition is <laughs> It's really bad. Where the competition's hotter than a dragon's breath. Donkey. <laughs> the donkey whisper. I'm sorry. I was almost trying to say it where you couldn't hear me, but obviously you could. Oh my god. It's a journey full of laughs. Donkey. Don- what am I what can I do to make this better? Just keep going. I think the the every so often the donkey it just reminds us that it's Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> it's a journey full <laughs> It's not even close. I swear to god you just got like a map on a dartboard and you're just spinning it around and throwing the fucking dart I've done whatever seven it lands on. Accents. You've gone on every continent. For this fucking reading of Shrek. Oh, donkey. It's a journey full of laughs. Su- surprises. <laughs> I'm just struggling. My brain's turning off. I physically can't do it. And more bounce than a donkey on a trampoline. Gets ready for a wild ride. What are the only... Th- oh, oh, you gotta roll your eyes <laughs> the R's a little bit. Shrek doesn't do that. He doesn't roll his R's. No. Where? The only thing faster than a redacted is the wit of our hero. So if you're looking for a slice of humor as tasty as a freshly baked onion tart, give it a whirl and prepare prepare to laugh your hooves off. I don't know if you retained any of that information. He did Puss in Boots at the end there. Turned into Antonio Banderas. (laughs) I got I got paddle and laugh. Okay. I have no fucking clue what this is about. Can I read this as Jason? Yes, please. <laughs> well, hold on to your onions, because movie name is a tale that'll have you rolling like a tumbleweed in a windstorm. It's about a guy who's handy with a paddle, if you catch my drift, and he's got a mission straight out of a fairy tale. He's got to dive into the world of Redacted, where the competition's hotter than a dragon's breath. It's a journey full of laughs, surprises, and more bounce than a donkey on a trampoline. Get ready for a wild ride where the only thing faster than a redacted 
is the wit of our hero. So if you're looking for a slice of humor as tasty as a freshly baked onion tart, give it a whirl and prepare to laugh your hooves off. I have no fucking clue what this could be. The only thing I've got going for me right now. Paddle. I don't know what that means, but my mind goes to ping pong paddle. Mm-hmm. Comedy. I'm going balls of fury. Final guess. You nailed it, Ty. No fucking chance. <laughs> you nailed him. Shrek reading balls of fury. <laughs> Uh, the redacted was he's got to dive into the world of underground ping pong tournaments. Fuck yeah. Where the competition's hotter than Dragon's Breath. Um, another giveaway was more bounce than a donkey on a trampoline. Ping pong balls bounce. Um, okay. The second redacted was get ready for a wild ride where the only thing faster than a flying ping pong ball is the wit of our hero. Jack Black's Balls of Fury. Good job, Ty. You're pretty, getting pretty good at this. I don't think Jack Black is in this movie. <laughs> is Jack Black not the titular? Who's the... It's Dan Fogler. He looks kind of like Blackjack in the movie, but it's it's you not. You call him Blackjack. <laughs> you just call him Blackjack. Jack Black, whatever. Jack Black playing Blackjack. I thought, I thought that was Jack Black. No, not at all. Wow, it's Dan Fogler. That's some Bernstein Bear shit. No, it's not. Yes, I it think is. you just have a bad memory. No, no, this. No, was... I'm I'm telling you, I I knew. I'm coming from a universe where that was Jack Black. Yeah. I'm telling you. You're thinking of a different situation where it's like everyone remembers something some way. I think you just don't remember this correctly. Are you telling me Jack Black's not in Sedation D? That is Jack Black. That's not Dan Fogler. Fogler? Fogler? Is there a Tenacious D song in Balls of Fury? Probably not. I think I'm I think I'm figuring this out. Maybe not, actually. I don't know. And I don't think they've ever even crossed paths. Hmm. Looking at like the uh What's this guy's name? Dan Fogler? Yeah. And Jack Black. I'm not um, I'm not seeing any crossover. Those are just two different people, Jay. I don't know. On filmboards.com, uh, a forum, a thread from 2006. Title, Dan Fogler copies Jack Black. Has anyone noticed? This guy desperately tries to be like Jack Black. Even on the red carpet, he copies Jack's craziness. He's a wannabe Jack? Question mark. Felt like a statement, then asked a question. Got it. He did star in Schools for Scoundrels, which sounds similar of School for Rock. School of Rock. Any movie that Dan Fogler is in, dreamcasting Jack Black. I'm officially pigeonholing him into that. If we ever watch a movie with him, which... Oh, shit. I know him from other things, too. He's in Fantastic Beasts. Yes, he is. He's pretty good in that. Just kidding. That movie made me fall asleep. Both of them. Never seen it. What are we watching next week, Ty? So I can start preparing my chat GPT and figure out a character I could butcher the accent for. This one feels like if you could go back in time, another good uh, Dominic Toretto. Oh, okay. It's Gran Turismo. It's a racing movie, baby. Okay. Did that get pushed back? I think it did. Yeah. Uh, big oopsie on us. I'm pretty sure that got pushed back. <laughs> yeah, 25th. Okay. <laughs> Figuring this out. Uh, movies coming out on Friday. August 2023 movies. It's fine. This is, you know, we live and we learn. Mm-hmm. Coming soon. Opens Friday. Opens Friday. I don't want to watch we have any of these. Trader. Oh. Um, Grand. That's obviously not coming out yet. Uh-oh. Are we sure? What? Grand Turismo isn't coming out? Mm-hmm. There is early access shows on 8-9. We could have watched it today. There Got was a it. Civic 
seven o'clock giant screen civic plaza was playing gran turismo between two worlds i have no idea what that's about but it has a bunch of the little pictures on the bottom of all the like award winner things <laughs> but that also looks like a limited release are we gonna fucking review haunted mansion Nah, come on we gotta find something else 77 percent on rotten tomatoes what is jo- i still want to watch joyride i don't know when that comes out on streaming is it already on streaming? That's $20. This is a problem. I'm trying to talk through it, but... Oh, man. My upcoming movie release thing where it has, like, the dates. It, it was set to September of 22, so I got a lot of clicking before I get to my trusted... My trusted dates here. I think we gotta watch... Oh, just don't commit to anything too early. Haunted Mansion, Ty. This is horrible radio. Cut it. No, I want the listeners to know what we go through as a friendship group. March, April. Friendship group. That's what they call it. Let's try May. Let's try. Wait, one month are we in? June. Let's we are in try August. July. And we're in August. Yeah, Gran Turismo. We literally could have seen it at Civic Plaza at 7 p.m. Right when I headed over here to record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, August 2nd, this came out. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be August 10th. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Holding. Let me put something up in it. Holding. What if... Never mind. That misled me. I was going to say, I thought it said Strays was coming out Wednesday, but no, it's coming out Friday, so it doesn't matter. Um, I think it's Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion it is, Ty. We'll say Haunted Mansion if we find something better. More re- Meg 2, The Trench. I would rather watch Haunted Mansion than Meg yeah, 2. Yeah, I think I would too. Mm-hmm. God, Sound of Freedom sucks. Sound of Freedom? We could do that, and then we could be going against the sex traffickers of Hollywood who are trying to stop people from mm-hmm. watching this. And then one of the producers or writers or someone who I can't remember exactly just got in trouble with the law for something pretty gross, allegedly. So, yeah. Someone who worked on this film mm-hmm. exposing mm-hmm. gross stuff, mm-hmm. allegedly. Book Club, the next chapter. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. The other one that actually does sound good, but I don't know. It's Theater Camp. I'm down for it. Riley really wants to see it. I really want to see it. Victoria wants to see it. I've heard great things. Is it out? It is out. I don't know how wide the release is. I saw previews for it at Civic, so. Gotta go down the hill. Fuck, man. And it's gonna have to be on a weekend because all the show times are at like 11:30 a.m. <laughs> That's brutal. Thursday, yeah, no, so it'd have to be down the hill, sir. <sighs> Featured movie is The Last Voyage of the Dementor. I'm willing to do theater camp if that's what we decide on. I will make it work. If not, oh well. We'll find out. Just go watch a movie this week, and maybe yours will be the one we review. Saturday, Claremont, they have some late showings, but on Friday, they have late showings as well, but we have softball, so Mm. we do have softball. We'll figure it out. Oh, Saturday, we're hanging out together. Can I just buy this streaming? How is this not on streaming? It's a theater release, Jay. I know, but this is one of those movies that's going to make $50 in the box office. I miss the days when they just released on Voodoo at the same time. COVID. Didn't you, you used to give me so much shit for being like, oh, I wish I could just watch this at home instead. I just miss it for logistical reasons like this. I actually love the theater. That's the only reason I missed it when you gave me shit. 
And I will always give you shit for that. Okay. I'm going to apologize for that bad radio. Hand mm-hmm. up. That's on us. Mm-hmm. Which might throw a wrench in our upcoming thing. Because after Gran Turismo, we have Blue Beetle and Strays and Vacation Friends too. We may just have to skip Gran Turismo. Darn. I was kind of looking forward to a racing movie. Jet. We'll figure it out, Ty. If we don't review- Do we skip Blue Beetle? I think we skip Vacation Friends too. We just watch it for pleasure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or Equalizer 3. Yeah. Although Gavin wants to see that movie. Does he? Equalizer yeah. Jason Satham? You know who it is. You're trying to set me up. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't. It's Denzel. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. How old is he again? Uh, he looks really old, so I'm not sure. Probably like 85. <laughs> Go watch a movie. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.